This is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Faith Revisited podcast with Ben and Molly. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I really enjoyed our conversation last podcast episode and where we kind of talked about goals a little bit or um, focuses more so. And we're going to continue that conversation today talking about growth. Um, and that is healthy growth, which we're kind of naming sustainable growth. Why don't you kind of lead into what, because um, this is something you've also been very passionate about as well. Yeah, you know, and we were talking um, off air about, remind the audience how old you are. Again. I am 34. You're 34 and I'm 41. Mm-hmm. And so we are sharing a lot of transitional um, feelings of what does it mean to age? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we're, you know, and for listeners, Molly's 34, I'm 41. This only goes to show that women are that much more mature than men, (laughs) that she's coming into this seven years sooner than me. Um, I mean, we've, we we all know women are, uh, girls are much more mature than guys. So there you go. We proved it. Um, (laughs) This is the definition. Part of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And part of that aging is we're both pretty type A individuals. And and the beauty of this podcast is you can go back now oh. three and four years to podcast episodes that have a very different aim and tone that you and I yeah. have shared. And so the podcast is sort of following the journey. So if people want to go back into some that archives. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we've, we're evolving. And part of that is just realizing Everybody wants to grow, but what does healthy growth look like? And and a lot of that has to do with priorities, goals, your priorities and goals then sort of set the the tone or the the patterns and rhythms of how you live. Mm-hmm. And then those things have residual effects. And then there are other things in your daily pattern that then have wow. effects on how well or not you can live into those goals. And so Healthy growth is understanding a better sense of balance, um, which comes in prioritizing not just goals, but what are the right goals? Yeah. Not just rhythm, but what are the right rhythms? Yeah. I feel like this is a shift because whether it's age that we are, you know, coming to be older or priorities in life like this. There has been this achieve, 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 like high achieving mentality 
um, whether that's pushed by society or individually, you know, there's been a lot of focus in the past couple of years. Some of that could be led to like the hustle culture that we see out with these like self-help gurus and all of that, you know, hustle, hustle, make more money, do all this stuff. Um, but a lot of those goals I've come to find out are just arbitrarily set, you know, make a million dollars before you're 25, like be a CEO at 30. Like these are arbitrary things that no one has said it has to be done this way. Right. And it all comes from, you know, we could get into a much deeper philosophical thing, but this is part of the industrial revolution, which is 200 plus years old, is this idea of assembly line and factory production. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you build a machine and the machine creates an output. You want more output, you gear the machine to create more output. We also do businesses this way. We, We put people as cogs in a wheel of a machine to create output. Mm -hmm. And you do this with your own personal life. If I'm a machine, then my whole orientation is around what can I, what is my output every day? And what we're realizing, and I think a lot, I think culturally we're seeing a shift is, I hope, and the hustle culture is there. Um, You know, the whole leadership culture, you know, that I've kind of come up in bigger is better, you know, all this stuff we're realizing that's bullshit. Yeah, it just is. I mean, bigger is not better. I mean, bigger could be better, but bigger at the expense of what? Yeah. Is the question that's never asked. Yeah. At the expense of what? Because in in, in most any decision in life, to choose one thing means I have to say yes to one means I have to say no to another. Yeah. And so healthy, sustainable living and then, you know, work and all the different facets of life, you can orient the machine, I guess, but what's the real output? Is the output, can I accomplish this much? Or is the output, can I live a deeply meaningful life? Yeah. Who's saying you have to accomplish X, Y, and Z? Like, is that coming really from you or is that some expectation set elsewhere? Well, and, and let me, let me play with that for just a minute, because I'd say it's both. If that's an expectation that I perceive out there, then my deep sea for is that I'm going to fail to meet that expectation. And mm. so all of the production that I, I just overwork and stress and worry and all that comes not out of trying to live a life that's just an expression of God's love, but it's living a life out of fear. What if I'm not enough? Mm. Theologically speaking, and that's that's sort of my nerdy world, theologically speaking, the, what is the foundation of our being? Is it what can I accomplish and produce and do? Or is the foundation of our being that before any of that happens, I'm a beloved child of God. Mm. And if that's the foundation of my being, then that automatically begins to reorient and reshape. If I'm loved by God, whether I accomplish a damn thing today or not. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about what living looks like. Does that make sense? It does. I'm trying to think of like, what are some tan- tangible things that, listeners that us how we can help reorient because some people aren't either necessarily ready for this conversation because they're still in the grind of it um or some people are beyond this conversation they're like dude found that out 20 years ago like ready for you to catch up here so what are some ways that we can sustainably have this healthy outlook 
I've got one. I've got one. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> what if our greatest wealth in life is not money at all? The greatest resource we have, I would argue, is time. Mm, agreed. Time is the, is the only true finite resource that we have because every second that goes by, every minute that goes by, I mean, let's be morbid for a minute, is a minute and a second closer to our death. So yeah. there, we don't know when that's going to be, but time is, a, is the true finite resource. Finite. The greatest wealth we have is time. I would say a time audit mm. could be a great way for a listener to begin. So it could be that you audit your calendar or maybe if you're not, you know, if, if you're not the most meticulous calendar person, maybe you do a time audit every day. Maybe you create like in your planner or on a notepad, a legal pad or whatever, just, you know, block off hours of the day, begin with wake up and go to bedtime. Maybe every hour you can get down to every half hour if you really want to, you know, parse it out and just record for about a week or two generally what you do. You know, um, I think it's also important to add in there what serves you and what doesn't serve you. Sure, sure. Well, well, I would even just begin with just doing it. What is automatic to you right now? Mm -hmm. Look at it for a week and then ask your question, which is look at all the time that I did X. Did that really serve me well? Mm -hmm. You know, that's when you get to playing with the time because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm. If our truest treasure in life is time, then where we spend our time is where our hearts are. Do we spend our time working too much, scrolling our phones, being distracted? Mm -hmm. I mean, not to say scrolling your phone and like yeah. vegging out with Netflix is a bad thing, but I mean, think about it though. Um, a lot of times I find I scroll my phone aimlessly more when I'm overworking during times that I'm on mm. because it's just, you you can only take so much until yeah. your brain just begins to hurt and you've got to have a distraction to dive into. Um, I mean, we've talked about my recovery journey. That was a big piece of my recovery journey is that alcohol became the medicine to help me wind down and relax. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm doing a better job when I'm on of managing time, not overcommitting, not overworking, taking mm -hmm. breaks, listening to my body, getting good sleep, eating well, trying to be healthy, all these things that help you feel better and not just like burning a candle at both ends, then maybe I have a better shot of not investing time poorly mm -hmm. with distraction. Does yeah. that make sense? So like, I think a time audit people could do and really just take account of what you're doing, how you're spending your time, look at your calendars, you know, um, it, when, you know, how, how much do you, you know, if you, if you were to name the five most important things in your life, which, you know, for you and I'd be family, yeah. you know, faith, mm -hmm. um, you know, friends, friends you know, mm -hmm hobbies that really just give us life great those are great things so like do those five things show up as the five most important things in my time audit mm -hmm. yeah because if they don't then, then my then the way I'm spending my time is not aligned with what I've said my stated values are yeah I think that's really important and that would be a good self-discovery for someone to realize where they're spending their time 
Um, I think another piece we've talked, we talked about this in the last episode, but being not having the should haves or could haves, not worrying about that. Um, that's a good tie into this. Uh, the quote that I said last week, that still has stuck with me in my mind, but when you realize it's good enough to be who you are instead of the person you think you should be that mm-hmm. I think to, for someone to reflect on that and to really take that to heart, that you are good enough as you are, like God created you in his image and did not make any mistakes. So why do you think you should be doing this? Could be doing this should be this other person. Like that isn't a stepping stone to get to where you think you should be. And to put our two ideas together, what if you did an audit also every time the words I should do X enters into your brain, what if you wrote that down Mm -hmm. and then looked back over the week and assessed what are all the shoulds and then, and then say, you know, is that should really align with my true values in life? Like, for example, I should, um, I should put my phone down and spend one-on-one time with my child. That's a great should. That Mm -hmm. aligns with a value that says family's more important than anything. But then a should that goes, well, I should do, you know, this at my job because people are expecting and I want to look good. And, you know, I'm afraid of what they might think. Okay, well, that's not a good should, Mm -hmm. right? So helping that alignment and, and living past some of those guilty shoulds that we put on ourselves and just beat ourselves up over. Because a lot of times it could be very arbitrary shoulds that no one actually is expecting yeah. of you. So are there any other? Oh, oh. oh yeah, go ahead. Let me, let me just, I, I got it. We got to pause right there because you just said such a profound thing that I don't think enough people really think about. How many false expectations do we put on other people? Oh, yeah. Well, here's, because here's no one thinks about you as much as you think about you no no what's the old joke that like at 20 I worried about what people thought or 30 I didn't care what people thought and then at 40 I realized no one was thinking about me yeah. at all <laughs> yeah no one cares yeah no one absolutely this cares when I was worked through this is something you yes. worked through yes I have yes I have when I was early in recovery one of the truest things that um, cause I was the cool pastor who'd go have beers with you and stuff like, ah, yeah, all stuff. And then I was like, oh man, I, I gotta get sober. And you know, I, now I'm not going to be the cool pastor. And I remember somebody in a recovery room said, you know, whenever we think like people are, are worrying about whether we're drinking or not, no one cares. Cause they're not even thinking about you. Yeah. You're the only one thinking about you in that room. <laughs> so yeah. all that worry is self-imposed. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And it's true past drinking. It's, it's most things yeah. that it's like, you're not really thinking about me at all. Yeah. Well, and that goes for you all got of enough us. stuff in your life to worry yeah. about on your own. You don't need to worry about me. <laughs> My mental capacities at max. I'm not thinking about anyone else except those yeah. directly right with me. So I think well, and pastors, I, I'm going to tell you pastors and I know everybody, I only speak as a pastor, but pastors uniquely live lives deeply afraid of what parishioners think. And none of us want to admit that the truth under all of that is we want to love you 
And we are so afraid you're going to reject that love. Mm. And so we go around and we go, oh, gosh, you know, Molly, Molly didn't speak to me on her way out today. Is she mad at me? You know, did I do something to upset Molly? I mean, you know, did, you, we did people this pleasing, people pleasing. It is. You know, and that's it is. It is. That you have to recognize and. And it's deep seated fear. It's all yeah. fear of being rejected. But if you just realized that most of the time Molly may have slipped out without saying anything, because Molly had 13 other things on her mind that she nothing had to rush to off do. to. Nothing to do with it. And you. it was nothing about me at all. Yeah. And and that is such a freeing thing, too, by the way. I, that's why I wanted to pause on this for people listening. That is such a freeing thing to just let go of the burden, the self-imposed burden that I have to worry about what you think of me. Mm-hmm. It's none of my business what you think of me. Mm-hmm. And that is a truth that if you can live into it every day, oh my goodness, your soul is going to be like 30 pounds lighter. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. At least something to practice. I mean, if that's a start for you, if you're very deep into the people pleasing phase, like at least practice yeah. that cognitive yeah, absolutely yeah. absolutely that's awesome point. are there any other pro tips whether church faith business personal um, of ways we can sustainably grow I think we hit some really great things with the time audit and we did I, I think I think one that comes to mind is um minimalism is is an is a worthy aim and, and I don't mean like going like hardcore, you own three articles of clothing, you sleep on a mat on the floor, like you don't have to do like all that. But minimalism is the aim that says in most areas of my life, I probably need to pare down some because if I have a closet full of clothes, it's stressful, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to do 18 loads of laundry. More decisions every day, yeah. All the decisions, that's right. Um, a big thing that that Katie got into last year, and I loved, and I never knew I would love this. She was reading this minimalist person about home decor. And the deal, the, what they said was you need to tone down the noise in your home. So like we have rules in our home now that every flat surface, uh, or not every, but most flat surfaces should probably be clear. Because what do we do with flat surfaces? We drop something on it and you pile it. Mm-hmm. And if you just keep it clear and do simple clear off, clean out, throw away once throw away. a day, mm-hmm. the noise in your home goes considerably down. And that begins to really free up a lot of stress that I don't even think it, it, it's hard to measure because yeah. it's there and you don't know why or how, mm-hmm. but minimalism just says, and it's even with time too, like, like I don't have to say yes to everything everybody wants me to do. Mm-hmm. One of the best pieces of advice, and I may have shared this in an episode, um, previously, but it's worth sharing again. Reggie Joyner, who's the the now newly retired CEO of Think Orange, um, he was here in Savannah doing a, with some buddies, and we've gotten to know him a little bit, and he, he was doing a retreat, a pastor's retreat thing for us, and we went out to lunch with Reggie, and and he's just retired, highly successful, level five type leader. I mean, he's he's done it all, right? And somebody asked him a question for our group of friends who are all around 40. They said, Reggie, you know, we're all about the same age, around 40, we got kids growing up, you know, all this stuff. What advice would you give us at this stage of life? And he said something so profound. He said, I would tell you to pick a few things you really want to do that are deeply meaningful and do them really well and say no to everything else. Because he said, here's the thing, 
the speaking engagements and the extra things and the committees and all these, you know, things that make you feel so important beyond, you know, your family, your church, you know, the few things that are your main things. He said, those things are going to be there when you're 60. Mm -hmm. They're still going to ask you to do all that stuff. What's not going to be there when you're 60 is your five-year-old child. Mm -hmm. They're going to be grown. And if you just say, here are the few things I want to do and I want to do them really well and invest in them, you'll have time to do other things. We don't have to, everything doesn't have to be urgent, Mm -hmm. but we do need to pick meaningful, important things. I thought, man, that is such good advice for everybody. Yeah, you did tell that story in last week's episode, but I doubt the people that listen to every episode, thank you for the couple of you that do that. Um, It's worth hearing again. Yeah, it's a very important message. um, And that's kind of what our focus is, on in life right now and what Ben and I have kind of taken to heart separately. And then now that we've been talking about it through the podcast, we've realized how we're both on the same journey at the same time. And it's just really neat. Uh, And I, I stand behind these um, lessons and actively am working on it in my life. And I think um, it's an important message for everyone. And it's good to note we're just fellow sojourners with everybody yeah. else. I mean, we're not saying we're good or perfect or anything. We're learning along with this. Um, yeah. They are important lessons, and I can tell you simply by the effect they are having on, on my life, they're worth pursuing. I'm not great at them every day, but mm-hmm. they are definitely worth the investment in learning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of the Faith Revisited podcast. We hope you got a couple nuggets of information out from it. If you want to further these conversations, please let us know out on social media or you probably know how to contact us because the internet is a wealth of information. So um, thank you for joining. Leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. See you then.